we are excited to welcome you to another episode of Live to Give More. We will discuss ways to have impact in our communities and around the world. We will introduce our audience to inspiring ideas and people who are making significant changes. Together, we will navigate how we can all better serve others and spread kindness. We decided to create this podcast in order to do our part and give our listeners ways to take action and be the change. My name is Anna G. Ehrlich. I'm a wife, mom, former nonprofit executive, and president of Imagine Branding in Events. My name is Elise Sheck Bonwit, and I'm a wife, mom, attorney, author, and business owner who has been fortunate to serve in leadership roles and volunteer opportunities through several nonprofit organizations. My motto is, give more than you take. We are friends who have a variety of experiences, skills, and opinions that will make you think, cry, and smile, but most importantly, expose you to special ways to give back. We will inform you about what is going on in the world and what you need to know about how to make a difference. So let's get started. The mission of Make-A-Wish Foundation is to create life-changing wishes for children with critical illnesses. Its vision is to grant the wish of every eligible child. In its nearly 40-year history, Make-A-Wish has granted more than 13,000 wishes. In a typical year, they grant more than 625 wishes to local children with critical illnesses. They also traditionally grant an additional 200-plus wishes in collaboration with other chapters when children come to our territory to experience their wishes. Make-A-Wish Southern Florida serves children and families in 22 Florida counties in Southeast and Southwest Florida, the Tampa Bay and Sun Coast regions, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Our guest today is Norman Wedderburn, or we're going to call him Norm, President and CEO of Make-A-Wish Southern Florida. Norman is a leader with more than 25 years of experience in senior leadership. Prior to being named president and CEO, he served for eight years on the chapter's board of directors, where he was board chair in 2003. Prior to his involvement with Make-A-Wish, Norm was managing partner of Wedderburn and Jacobs and associate at Steele, Hector, and Davis. He was also a certified mediator. He has also been an adjunct professor at different colleges. He has also been involved with various committees and boards, including the Florida Bar, Make-A-Wish America, Junior Achievement, and Haitians Children Outreach Program. He has Juris Doctorate with Honors and a Bachelor of Science in Accounting, both from University of Florida. Go Gators! He also participated in the Harvard Business School Executive Leadership Program, focusing on strategic perspective in nonprofit management. He has received many awards and there is so much more to learn about Norm and we are so ready to hear from you. So welcome. Yeah, we could literally spend three hours just on his bio, but we really want to hear from you. Super, super impressive, Norm. So he's received many awards. He's done accomplished so much. Norm, I'm so impressed with you and I'm so happy to know you. So welcome, Norm. Thank you for being with us today to talk about Make-A-Wish Foundation and how we can become more aware of what you do and how to take action. So tell us what inspired you to work for Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
Well, thank you. First of all, let me say thank you for having me. When I was in college and law school, I had gotten recruited by a sleepaway summer camp to be a camp counselor. And I never went as a child to a camp or even a sleepaway camp. And I was just so inspired by watching and being around young people and kids having fun and doing great things and seeing the joy that they had over the summers. And then when I graduated law school and started working, and trying to figure out where did I want to bring my philanthropic efforts? Where did I want to volunteer? Where could I put some of my energy? It was just a natural fit to be involved in children-related charities and organizations, which eventually led me to make a wish. And in so many ways, what we do is it can be very similar. I mean, we're bringing joy and happiness and smiles to children. Unfortunately, it's children who have critical illnesses, but nevertheless, all children deserve joy and happiness and smiles. And we bring that to them and their families. It's amazing. I love that. So tell us, Norm, a little bit about how many people you're currently serving through your programs and projects. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things about Make-A-Wish is that we are a single mission organization. We grant wishes to children with critical illnesses. Our chapter of Make-A-Wish, which is one of the largest in the country, We touch roughly a 1,000 families a year. That includes the 600 to 650 families roughly in a normal year from our territory. But we usually have another 250 to some years as much as 300 families who come in from somewhere else whose wish will take place in our territory. And our chapter puts together that wish here locally. And then in addition to that, something that I'm extraordinarily proud of is that our chapter financially helps struggling chapters. So there are chapters in the country who are in regions and areas that for one reason or another, that's beautiful. They can't meet their budgetary needs. And we as a chapter made the decision that we're going to support those chapters. Let me ask you a question, Norm. Why are we so much stronger with about 600 and 600 families than other chapters? Is it our region? Is it our location? I like to believe that success is always a collection of reasons. Culturally, our chapter has always been able to attract really good people in our volunteer leadership roles. Our board of directors is as strong a board of directors as you'll find out there anywhere. We've also been able to retain our senior leadership. I've been CEO. I'm in my 17th year as CEO. My predecessor was 20-something plus years and unfortunately passed away. So how many organizations can say in their 40-year history they've only had two chief executives? And so that consistency has also helped. We also live, quite frankly, in an extraordinarily philanthropic area of the country. There's a culture of giving in Florida that you don't necessarily see in every other part of the country. There's a lot of competition for the charitable dollar, but there's also a culture given. And then our mission is pretty pure. So I think when you put leadership, you put a great community, you put hard work, those are the things that have led us to success. Okay, beautiful. Can you give us a few examples of some of the wishes that you've recently granted? 
Oh, we've done everything. You know, we had a really cool wish the week before last of a young man who wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> and we did that wish in partnership with the University of South Florida. And it was just an amazing wish of this young man and the things he got to see and touch that you wouldn't normally see. But he's a little kid who wants to be a paleontologist. And we have everything from there. We had a young girl who wanted to clean up the beaches. And so her wish was a kind of give back wish. That's yeah. Many years ago, one of my favorite wishes is a young man who wanted to ring the bell to close the stock exchange. Um, and what happened is that he had had his bar mitzvah and his grandfather taught him about investing. His grandfather then passed away and he was 16 years old. He wanted to ring the bell kind of in honor of his grandfather who had taught him about the stock market. So we have some really wild and crazy type wishes and the reasons behind them are unique to the child and his or her imagination. So you just gave us a couple of like uh, unique wishes. Is there a list of wishes that the kids get to pick from? Or for the most part, they come in with their own wishes. So we actually play a game with the children, asking them four questions. If you could go any place in the world, where would you like to go? If you could meet anybody, who would you like to meet? If you could have anything, what would you like to have? And if you could like be- prompts, like prompts. Right. And if you could be anybody, who would you like to be? And we actually get three answers to each one. So the child starts out with 12 wishes in these various, because our goal is to open their imagination beyond their own little space. So you might have a child who says, I wish for a birthday cake, right? Well, that's beautiful, but we can do so much more. So by expanding their imagination, and then we narrow it down to their number one. Still, even in our region that's so close, Disney's our number one requested wish or Disney-related wish. But there are a lot of other things that are asked for as well. And what about celebrities? Just celebrities ever get involved in these? Yeah, we have an entire, at our national organization, a celebrity group that works with working with the celebrities on the wishes that we get. So many of you may have seen just a couple of weeks ago, it was all over the news that John Cena, for example, got into the Guinness Book of World Records as the number one celebrity wish request of children from Make-A-Wish. So oh, he's done 500 plus right. wishes. I think it was over 600 wishes that he has done. So it's yeah. everything from meet a favorite athlete or actress or actor, right to meeting presidents and popes. We've done them all. That's awesome. Wow. That's wow. awesome. So Norm, tell us a little bit about your team of leaders. Yeah, you know, we're very fortunate here at Make-A-Wish that we have an incredible team in our leadership team. And one of the things that we really preach is that word leadership. Yes, our leadership team and our leaders have managerial responsibilities, but there is a difference between management and leadership. And it's really important to me that we are creating leaders and that we have leaders within the organization to help set vision and to think bigger and more down the road. So we're fortunate. Our COO, Richard Kelly, has been with us for 25 years. Karen Mullins, who heads up our WISH department, she is over 15 years with Make-A-Wish. So we've had these folks who have been here for a long time building the organization or helping to lead the organization to new levels. So, I mean, that tells me a little bit about, but what is your leadership style so that you can continue to have a team like this? And how do you continue to inspire everyone on your team? 
So I know it's a catchy and maybe it's even an overused term, but I really believe in my situation, it's just who I am and what my DNA is. I'm a servant leader. I really see that my role is to serve everybody else. And if I can make them better, if I can provide them with the resources that they need to be successful, then they'll be successful. So, you know, I always, when they sit and we have our one-on-ones, the question is not so much about what I want out of them, but it's really what can I do for them? How can I help each person be able to achieve what their goals are? And then if we do that, collectively, we're going to hit the goals of the organization. I love that term, servant leader. It just says so much about you that that's how you lead. And it really is inspiring. So one of the things I'll also share with you, and I'm not, I understand other people will have a different opinion of this, but nobody can refer to me as the boss or introduce me as the boss because I'm a colleague. I just have a different set of responsibilities when it's all said and done. So we have a different set of responsibilities, but I work alongside. They don't work for me. They work for Make-A-Wish. And I think in not-for-profit, especially, that's really important for people to understand. In for-profit, it's a little bit different because there are an owner of a company and there's, that's a little bit different. But that's a, one of the things inside here. So you don't hear the, the B word used a lot around here in any capacity. Yeah. Excellent. Now, that's very true. Norm, can you give us some important rates and statistics that would be helpful to the audience to understand the magnitude of this organization? Yeah, well, I mean, to put it in perspective, the average cost of a wish, we market it at $5,000. i will tell you the truth. The average cash cost of a wish is close to $8,000. Our chapter, just taking the local wishes, we average a wish about every 14 hours, and a child is referred to us about every 10 to 12 hours. So you're always kind of a little bit behind the eight ball because more children are being referred than going out. On average, it takes us in a normal time about seven to eight months from the time a child is referred to the time a child's wish is granted. But what does it take to do that? All the dollars that are raised in our organization, 100% of it comes from the private sector. And then a volunteer pace. We have over 700 volunteers because two volunteers go into each home to meet with the children So all of those things have to come together to work to make the wishes happen. Interesting. Okay. So what are some of the biggest challenges and obstacles you face as a leader of this organization? I've been thinking about that question for a little bit. There's so many different areas that I can go in the answer to that. And probably I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the negative and I think about the positive. But you asked, so let me give you. We deal with so many people. We have a very diverse community, politically, ethnically, religiously, socially, economically. We have such a wide range of people who help us and trying to make them all feel good about what they are doing for us. Managing the egos that we deal with many times, making everybody recognize that they are so important to us being able to do what we do but they're not exclusively the important person. There's not one single person that does it all. And so that part of it in an organization like ours can be very challenging, but I think we've been successful in being able to hold everybody together and keep everybody playing nice in the sandbox. (laughs) Well, you obviously have. So 
I want to know, since you, I mean, everything you say is so inspiring. I'm like writing everything you're saying here because everything is inspiring. I need to know who inspires you, whether it's a community leader or someone else in your community or on your board, who do you admire the most? I can tell you this from I was a little kid. I draw pockets and pieces of inspiration from people I meet along the way. So I'm not the person who has like this one person and that's the person. It's that I draw different things. I draw things from my eldest sister has inspired me in so many ways because she has this incredible ability to have unconditional love. And I have to sometimes work on that. There are are just so many different places. There's a woman I met who runs a homeless shelter in a sense. It's not a shelter, but it provides food and care and clothing in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And when I went and saw the work that she does and the, you know, the rock that she's pushing up a hill to serve this community, I left there so incredibly inspired by that. So I draw inspiration from so many different places. And I sit back, listen, watch. And then sometimes, quite frankly, you have the opposite. You draw the things, you see something in somebody that you don't like, so to speak, and you see it coming out in yourself somewhere. And then it rings in a bell in my head. And I say, wait a second, Norm, you're acting like that. That's not who you want to be. And then I make an adjustment. So it comes both ways, but typically it's positive. That's incredible. And I I think that's the right way to do it because we learn what we want to be and what we don't want to be from everyday people that we meet in our journeys from all the things that we do. So that that is growth. I think that's that's a great way to put it. So Norm, tell us a little bit about what's next. What are the projects coming up? What are the goals? How do you ensure that the goals are bold enough? And how do you keep innovation alive within your organization? I mean, just the fact that it's Make-A-Wish Foundation, I think it's it's huge. But what keeps it growing and what keeps it getting bigger and better? So I'll take the latter first and then go to the, the first part of it. And that is, how do you keep innovation going and how do you keep that? You have to have a mindset. Listen, I've yet to meet an entrepreneur or an innovative person that hasn't come up with a great idea, gave it their all, and it just didn't work out. Right. So if you have a fear of losing, if you have a fear of failure, and if you as a leader, if you respond so negatively because something didn't go the way everything we all thought it might go, you're going to kill that entrepreneurial spirit and that innovative spirit. And you'll just go back to the status quo plus two percent or whatever it is. So I think you have to have that from a leadership standpoint. The big bold thing is, you know, we started a project about seven years ago that we wanted to build our own facility, not so that we have some vanity facility, but so that we could change some of the aspects of the wish process. So right now we go into the home to determine a child's wish when what we're going to do is we're going to give the option for the children and the families to come to the wish house to have their wish determined. And we have a former Disney Imagineer that is creating the wish discovery process that is going to be state-of-the-art innovative in that process so that we can take a child who lives in Liberty City or Overtown or Homestead or Weston, I mean, anywhere, and open their creativity even further than where it is so that we can really make the wish even that much more magical. So it's been a path of amazing. We want to definitely check that out. It's amazing. Yeah. So- Let me ask you a question. Many people who know me love, I love quotes and mottos. I need to know what motto gets you through the day or what quote? 
So I don't know if it's the quote that gets me through the day, but it's something that I, I literally do. When I put my hand on the front door of the office each morning, I say to myself, it's not their problem. And what that is, is that I'm always kind of fascinated by the thought that somebody would say, oh, don't go ask him right now. He's in a bad mood. Or go ask him now. He's in a good mood or something. like. Nobody should have to dick. My mood shouldn't dictate when they should get answers. Somebody should get answers to a question. So what I try to do is remind myself that those are not their problems. Whatever stress I might have, whether it's a board related or donor or personal or any of that stuff, to be able to stay present so that when people walk into my office seeking help, if I'm going to truly be the servant leader that I want to be, I can't let that be affected by me being in a bad mood or a good mood or any of those things. So I remind myself it's not their problem. I signed up for this gig. I love it. It comes with a certain level of stresses and challenges on a daily basis, but so does everybody else's life. And I try to remind myself of that and keep it so that they get the same consistent norm, and norm I should say, on a daily basis. <laughs> Excellent. Now that's very true. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What brings you joy? What are your hobbies? What goes on in, in Norm's life? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I like to have fun. I went to a big university, University of Florida. I was president of my fraternity. I just was up this past weekend for the LSU Florida game. I was really upset when they lost. So oh, like, well, you know, yeah. I run this incredible organization and I have that side of me, but I'm a person who really enjoys people. I mean, I like people, human beings. I find them interesting and funny. And I like I being wish around everyone them. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do. And no, uh, I, yeah, I, I can I'm, tell. I'm so blessed to have like these great nieces and nephews that I'm such a an important part of their life and they're such an important part of my life. And then on Saturday mornings, barring work conflicts, I think very few things are more beautiful than teeing it up on a golf course with friends. Because <laughs> at that moment, you're not Norm the CEO. You're not any of these things. You're just a guy that wants to beat some friends and they want to beat you. And I know for the next four to five hours, I'm going to have a lot of laughs, a good lunch, and it's going to make me feel really energized. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So I want to know, what is your advice? to your 21-year-old self? I would tell you that really, and it might sound shallow, I don't think it is, but make exercise a part of your daily routine, right? So I was not a person who had exercise. I'm a relatively healthy person, but the concept of exercise being a part of your daily routine, and I think if you start that at 20, 21, whatever, when you're young, it becomes a part of just your daily routine. And I try to incorporate it now later in life and do the best I can. But I really wish, because I think so many things from health come from healthy lifestyles that start early. And that would be mine. I would find a way to exercise on a daily basis. I would have probably eaten a lot better. And like I said, oh, well, thank God. It all feels the same way. Anyway, that's amazing advice. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> advice. Very practical. All right. So tell us a little bit about the volunteer opportunities and the possible action steps that we can all take to move this cause forward. So, you know, I always say that all organizations 
need, it's the R word, they need resources. And resources are really broken down into many different areas. But in our situation, the human resources and financial resources, there's really human resources, financial resources, and even within the human resources, talent resources, like where people are lending us their intellect, they're lending us their brain so that we can become better. And then there's the volunteer resources. Like I said, we have a total staff of 40. We have 700 volunteers. We are a volunteer-driven organization when it's all said and done. And we need people who are willing to go into homes and sit down with families and talk to them about Make-A-Wish. We need folks who are willing to go into neighborhoods that they don't typically go into and are willing to go there. And one of the things that's interesting, they will find when they go into those neighborhoods that are not the places that they socialize, that they go into, they will see and learn the warmth of those people. I always get that from our volunteers, like, wow, I was afraid to go or worried about this. I can't believe how loving that family was. And so it does a lot for them. That's great. So anyway, we started this podcast, Norm, to encourage all of our audience to join us in giving more and giving back. We want to live to give more, thus the name of this podcast. So Here are just a few action steps. So become an advocate to support any program offered by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. There are a variety of opportunities on the website. Many of these can be done on the website, which is www.wish.org slash sfla.org. Is that right, Norm? That's correct. Okay. So you got to go on this website. It's unbelievable. Try to pick at least one thing that you can do this week and tell us on our Instagram account. And you can follow us on our Instagram at live two with the number two, give more. Norm, thank you so much. This has been an insightful and helpful and super educational conversation. Thank you for teaching us today more about Make-A-Wish Foundation and what we can do to help. Thank you, Norm. Norm, you are inspiring. So I really appreciate your time and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.